Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces podcast, episode 340. Um, my guest this week is Lou Sanders. I'm a big fan of Lou, as you'll hear in the podcast. I'm a fan of her comedy. I was a big fan of her on Taskmaster. I'm a big fan of her on Twitter. And I'm a huge fan of her podcast, Cuddle Club, which we do give a little spoiler here. I've recorded an episode going on Cuddle Club. It'll be in the next series at some point. But I was obviously incredibly excited because I've listened to every episode. If you're not familiar with Cuddle Club, then go and give it a listen. I mean, you'll hear about it on this on this podcast, but it's cracking. Lou j- jokes about her asking to come on the podcast because she kind of did that during the Cuddle Club record. But the fact is, I've wanted Lou on for ages. But to be completely honest, I was a bit nervous about it. And I'll tell you for why. Um, Because I'm a big fan of Lou's comedy, it is quite irreverent. It's silly in places. It's surreal in places. And I was worried that I'd drag it down. (laughs) That sounds really self-deprecating. But as you know, these podcasts... Comedians often are at their absolute best on on format type podcasts. So um, Lou, for example, on Drunk Women Solving Crime was fantastic. And her appearance on Films to be Buried With, which preceded the Cuddle Club, uh, was fantastic. Because there's a structure to play off of. And I was concerned that if I ever on, I'm just going to be really bringing the mood down. Going, so w- what was your upbringing like? And do j- 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 you know what I mean? A kind of boring interview podcast and not getting the most out of what I love about Lou and her 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 performance and her her art but I was wrong because it turned out it's great and we had a right laugh and it was bloody lovely and we did get in some some heavy areas I mean I should probably have a little bit of a a trigger warning because we talk about it's towards the end so you could just stop when we start to get towards it but we talk about trauma and the different causes of trauma and the different ways of reacting to trauma and again I should be clear it's it's two of us talking about our personal um, experiences and views and opinions I think we do make it clear enough that we're not telling anyone how they should think or how they should react but that's kind of the point of the discussion that no one should be telling people how they should react or should do things anyway I'm kind of giving too much I'm making a big deal out of a casual bit of conversation. So I will stop rambling now. Um, I've not mentioned the web store in about, I think, in about f- four months. Um, so if you want anything, head over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com. You can get lovely stuff there. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, I've had loads of other comedians on. Obviously, we mentioned Brett Goldstein. I'd recommend him the two times he was on the Drunk Cast because, you know, he has a drink and he lets loose and stops worrying about what people are going to perceive of him. Um, (laughs) He's going to hate that I said that. Uh, I've had Ashley B, uh, Catherine Ryan, Stuart Lee, Ed Gamble. I mean, on the drunk casts, I've had Ramesh Ranganathan, Brett Goldstein, James A. Caster, Ed Gamble, Rich Wilson, and Jade Adams. So they're good comedians to go and look at. But yeah, as I said, Sarah Pascoe has been on a couple of times. The aforement or the about to be mentioned, uh, sorry, so- Sophie Hagen. Yeah, loads of really good people. Who, who else? Josie Long was one of the early, early episodes. Um, there's loads. Anyway, enjoy this wonderful episode of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the legend 
Lysandas. I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm now recording as well, so I guess we're kind of... Shall I shut the door so you don't hear the trains? No, the, tr- the, the trains are fine, I reckon. It's a bit of atmosphere, isn't it? Ambiance. A like modern, it. it's London ambiance. How how are you? are you? How are you finding the heat? You, you, you said you were just out for a walk. I know it seems so cliche to talk about the weather, but it's so hot today. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm glad you've asked because I've got a new technique, which I'll be, oh, yeah. which will be a pleasure to share. And it's called hosing myself down. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. So we've got like in the block of flats, we've got a roof terrace and you can sunbathe up there, like, you know, in your bikini or whatever, but it's very hot. It's like a sun trap. Great. But there's also a hose. So you can see how I got to my next step. And the hose comes out hot, but then you wait, you use that on the plants. They don't get mad. And then it comes out cold and then you're having a wonderful time. There's a paddling pool, but it belongs to one of the neighbour's kids. And I have thought about using it, but I just don't want to get in a scenario where across mum or dad is shouting at me for using their kid's paddling pool. Yeah, it it could be awkward. I was in... um... I realised how boring I was when I was in Canada recently because the hotel I was staying in had a load of rugby players there because there was a big rugby tournament on. Mm. And they had set up one of them 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 ice dip bath things. So they literally made it's kept extra cold. It's at the side of the pool. Wow. And I'd looked at it and I'd always thought, I want to go in, but I can't. It's not allowed. And then one morning I was swimming and a family were in there and the kid just ran and was climbing in it. And I was looking over as if I worked for the rugby club, kind of going, you're not meant to be in there. That's, I mean, that's meant to be for the athletes. You're going to raise the temperature of it if you're messing around in it. Waggling your little finger. Exactly. I feel like such a nerd. But I I, I think we talked about it when we chatted on on your podcast, which I'm not sure if it will be out when I do this or not. But um, we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah. I do cold showers and my my cold water is weird. It made me think of it because you mentioned th- the hose. So mine will start off nice and ice cold. Yeah. And then it will get warm for no Whoa. reason. But now I've found it gets cold again. So I have my cold shower and then I stick it out a bit in boring, lukewarm. Bit of a And then it brings the cold back. Well, cryogenic chambers. No, hang on, that's the wrong thing. The... Russell Howard is into them because he did a piece on his show, not cryogenic chambers. They're really cold. Who did he go in there with? Was it Paul Chowdhury? Maybe. And then now he goes, like, all the time to the same one. Yeah. And apparently it's so good for you. Yeah. But you're not in there for long because otherwise you can get frostbite and stuff, I think. Yeah, it's meant to be amazing. Yeah, I started doing the cold showers a few years back, all for that kind of, it's meant to be, just be so good for your immune system, for yeah. your muscles healing and all that kind of thing. It's- That's why I love going to saunas where you get the ice bucket challenge. Yeah. And, you know, like in a nice hotel, you can like pour a bucket of ice. I love it. Because then you're in the sauna next minute. So that's the perfect way to do it. But you but don't want to be one that, of those... You're living that sauna life essentially with the simplicity of a hose on your roof. Yeah, it's it's a it's a downgraded version. <laughs> Hose me down is a downgraded version of yeah. 
Um, well, we're talking today, and you know, we are talking we're, today. We are we're, talking we're, today. <laughs> we've just mentioned that. Or we've not mentioned it, but before we were recording, you revealed that you completely forgot that we were talking today. Yeah, I forgot we were talking today. It, it hurts more because I was celebrating today as the day I came to your Edinburgh Fringe show a year ago. No. It, it came up as a reminder on my Instagram Did just it? now. Literally just before we, we we came on, there was a reminder, but... Yeah, that is, is, in a way, it's our anniversary, it and is. no one's talking about it. <laughs> no, no one. <laughs> what? Um, sh- so that would have been my last show. Oh yeah, okay. Well, was it any good? It was fantastic. I, mean, I loved it. There were down days. That's what I mean. There were days where it was very average. It was really good. It was only your f- second day, I think. Oh, first that was rubbish. Day. You're being polite then, because it was rubbish for the first week. So I know. No, it was. It was no. no, it was really good. The crowd <sighs> loved it as well. The crowd. Oh, the sycophants. I'm joking. You, <laughs> it was bad for the first week or so. How, but then I figured out the ending because I didn't have a good ending at the start. Oh, really? You don't, you don't go to Edinburgh with your show worked out unless you're an absolute square. I love it. How are you feeling about Edinburgh not being on? Because I always know. This is the first year I've not had messages off of our mutual friend Brett Goldstein complaining yeah. about the fact he has to go to Edinburgh and how it's the worst thing in the world and he hates it and it's hell. Yeah. So, are you happy or sad or somewhere in between that it's? Well, not I wasn't going to go, so I, right. sort of, you know, I feel very, I feel real sad for the venues because, mm. like, Monkey Barrel was the venue I was in in there. Yes. Like, they're so good at running a venue, and they just expanded, and so I mean, I don't know, it's, I don't know what they're going to do. So yeah, I'm doing a fundraiser for them, but you sort of think they must need about a hundred fundraisers. Yeah, it's but, tough, isn't it? Because they obviously the the whole all of those venues make all of their their money during the fringe, really. Yeah, and then the yeah. Rest Monkey, of the year Monkey Barrel is kind of like an all year round one, but um, obviously that hasn't sort of panned out for them this year. Yeah. But people find a way, and don't worry because my healer said the pandemic is going to bring the light through. So don't worry about that, okay? I mean, that's exciting. That, mm. That's good. Good to know. Um, good I do. I do want to talk about your healer and sorry healers is, i've got three i was gonna say <laughs> is your psychic the same as your healer is is the psychic separate from the healers the psychic is i don't usually go to psychics but i did go to one a little while ago uh and then there's three healers but they they are very intuitive they would say like they're intuitive have, but aren't we all you know if we use the things there like, I, I genuinely find it all fascinating because I'm, I'm i'm not that i guess spiritual would be the the, the the realm to put it in but I do find it all fascinating I'm not kind of like oh you idiots who have your crystals and that because I've got friends who are big believers in crystals and all all that kind of thing so you're not on the side of the devil but you, yeah. you're, you're in the midst now um, <laughs> I'm not on the side but he's aware of me and he's, he's not aware. angry at me uh, no um, well you know like we all of the nerve endings in our stomach like that leads to like if we were guided by our intuition, if we learnt to tap into our instincts, like a lot of business people use their instincts with great effect. Like yeah. if we were in, if we learnt to rely on our instincts all the time, we'd be a lot better. And I guess these people have got like a heightened version of that. Like they can tap into things. A lot of people think it's um, horseshit, but um, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm not on, on, 
on the horseshit side of it, I had I had <laughs> a, a Wim Hof on the podcast, and Wim Hof controls his immune system and his temperature, and he was seen as this this crazy old crank, and yeah. then some big university did tests of putting him in a block of ice, essentially, and measured his body temperature. Like Russell Howard. <laughs> and he controlled it. Exactly. I like Russell Howard, except he controlled it. And he's, like, Wim Hof has climbed Everest in his pants and, and stuff mm. like that. Um, and it all seems seems like you, you can be suspicious of it, but the way I described it was we've all had jobs where we're really busy at work and then the weekend comes and we get ill. Yeah. And that's our body subconsciously controlling our immune system. That's our body saying, well, we've not got time to be ill, so I'm mm. going to hold it all down, and now you're relaxing, I'm going to allow that out. So Wim Hof's idea that he's just taken co- conscious control rather than subconscious control, mm. there's some logic and, su- and science in that, and that's something that a lot of people would initially poo-poo as saying, oh, that's just nonsense, so... Yeah, yeah. I, and I've done fire walking, and um, normally you'd burn your tootsies, of course, but yeah, they put you into a state of mind where you're like, yeah, this is nothing for me, and then you walk on hot coals. I love it. Have you always been kind of <laughs> believing in this kind of thing? <laughs> Have you always no, been was, a little mug? No, no, like, was, your, was your upbringing quite kind of hippie or spiritual or anything? Or? No, like my, my all of my family were like, shut up and stop <laughs> being uh, an idiot, but... <laughs> But the fireworks thing is really interesting because it's like, you know, one of those... I went to this years ago and it's cheesy as hell. It's like they play like um, Simply the Best and stuff as you come in. Like all the, <laughs> all the songs are like, Amazing. you know, like you can do it, you know. And they get you to like... Sta- it's awful. Like they get you to stand up and imagine British people in that environment. They get you to stand up and clap and cheer and like, whoa, and sing like Simply the Best. <laughs> like so bad. But you... You're in two heads because you're like, oh, why can't I just let myself go and sing simply the best to myself, you know? <laughs> and the other part of your brain is like, oh, if anyone could see you now, this is so gross. And then you're writing your dreams on a clipboard. It's so gross. But the fire walking thing is interesting because you couldn't just go and walk on the hot coals because you would really burn yourself. Like you yeah. see them like it's not a trick. And then they put you in the state of mind. and But we don't know the half of it. Look, we just go around on autopilot. Like, mm-hmm. we're not reaching our full potential in any way. You know, I'm not. No one is. We don't haven't got time to, like, tap into our unconscious and, like, see what's... Yeah, I don't think we know. Well, I don't think we know jack shit about anything, really. So who knows? I just think have an open mind and see. But obviously there's a load of... There's people sort of giving it a bad name and stuff. Like yeah. I went. Oh, that's what worries me. There are yeah. charlatans out there who are exploiting really good people and often people who have l- lost someone and stuff like that. Yeah, and it gets yeah, really yeah. sad when it is this exploitative area went, of the industry, I guess. I went to see this woman, this like shaman in LA, and she was called Sarah Eagle Woman. I mean, that's a red flag right there. And she, char- <laughs> she charged $300. And I didn't have loads of money, but I was like, I think I was going through something. Exactly what you say, you know, someone at a, a, a low ebb. 300 and she was the only one I could find on Yelp. <laughs> $300. And she just wafted, literally just wafted a feather around. There was a lot of like pretense and ceremony. Yeah. She had an assistant who was like, Sarah Eaglewoman will see you now, <laughs> you know. And then she l- just wafted a feather around for a bit. And that was it. And 
And then they give you like a follow-up email to say like, how was your experience with Sarah? As if like they're checking in, like, you know, we really care about, you know, your energy yeah. and stuff. And I said, well, to be honest, it was absolutely nonsense. It was nonsense. Like I didn't feel anything. And she just wafted a feather around and it was $300. I think it's ridiculous. And they did not get back to that email. <laughs> Amazing. Of course then, they didn't. But then I was seeing, so that was just, I was just in LA for a bit. And then I came back to London and I told, I was seeing this craniosacral guy at the time who was a shaman, but didn't mention it. Like he was a shy shaman. He was just like, yeah, well, just, there was no ego involved with him at all. Like just a dirty white jacket in like the back of a room somewhere, no pomp or anything. And he did craniosacral, which is a legit thing where you just study osteopathy but then he would secretly like if he thought you were open to it he'd like ring little bells or do weird things with your eyes and he (laughs) so he was like a secret shaman and he was so good he cured every physical ailment I've ever had I'm not kidding like stuff that the NHS could not like doctors would just say I think it's this but like we can't do anything and he would fix it that's how I know it's true Anyway, I told him about Sarah Eagle Woman. He thought it was so funny. And I said, you need to put your prices up. Because he was charging like £50 for an hour, but he'd always run over. He was really sweet. Like, And I was like, you need to put your prices up because Sarah Eagle Woman's <laughs> charging $300. And he's like, okay. And then he put it up for like £3 a session. So cute. Legend. I used to go to a guy who did acupuncture and, and osteopathy. Mm. And the first time I went, my mind was blown because the... The little clicks he did just solved the weird things that they shouldn't be connected to. Mm. But then I stopped going because a year or so later I went for something completely different and he did the exact same clicks and the exact same acupuncture. And then a year later I went for something completely different again. And I was like, oh, right, he just thinks that he does it. He'll click your shoulder and it'll cure cancer Um, and everything else. And it was kind of, yeah, it's weird. But, well... I mean, I, I want to hear about your healers during a pandemic because I was listening to a podcast the other day and I won't name it because I don't want to disparage anyone, but th- there was a woman on it who was saying part of her kind of her service, she was all about the earth and taking your shoes off and putting mm. your feet on the grass and getting the energies and transferring the energies and touching people. And then it got onto the pandemic and she was like, yeah, I mean, the businesses I work with, I do it over Zoom now. And it, it kind of made me think, well, you were all about touching and energies and things like that. And now, yeah, we'll do it over Zoom. It's fine. And it just, it, it kind of threw any belief I had in what she was but saying out the window. I think I think they don't have to be mutually sweet. I mean, you should, like, so loads of ancient, like every ancient civilization was into the same things which is solitude you have to have solitude to sort of work everything out and connection with nature and that has proven to be healing uh so that is just a fact i would say but then this woman saying that over zoom you can obviously you have to do the grass stuff by yourself but you can (laughs) like energy works through space and time and that's been proven in quantum physics like when you split an atom wherever the other half of the atom is it will react to the other half right so like you know distance isn't a problem and when i do so i do see jill in the pyrenees on whatsapp audio actually don't even see her and when i first heard that she worked over whatsapp i was like fucking hell like what kind of mug am i this is ridiculous but 
she is like if I she taps into people and she's right every single time and I've tested her on it because I do I did go into these things quite cynical and thinking it was quite funny that I was doing it and then time after time it has been proven that they know what they're on about and I don't understand how but you know what were the Egyptians up to we don't know (laughs) we don't know so much I'm not the thing is I believe because I've had so many experiences which are like okay I can't deny this now but when I talk about it I sound like a five-year-old so it's a problem really but but, (laughs) I mean again I'm I'm genuinely not trying to laugh at or 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 mocking any laugh is funny I mean it's ridiculous but then again I love that kind of thing though again I did it's why like I get annoyed I I had a period where because I had, had a Catholic, a <laughs> I had a period of time where, because I had a Catholic up, upbringing, I was very, I had that backlash against religion and it's all mm. evil and it's all this and all that. But now even that, like, I get annoyed that there's a, a lot I f- thoroughly enjoy about Gervais, but I get annoyed when he bangs on and on about how everyone who's religious is an idiot. Because yeah. the more you, number one, if it's doing good for people mm. who gives a shit leave them alone um, yeah. and number two when you start to look into it it wasn't originally science versus faith originally yeah. the 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 most the biggest breakthroughs in science came through r- religion and, mm, and, mm. and priests and all sorts of other stuff who were, were pushing the boundaries and in many ways science has a limit because science can't look at things like ideas. Because like mm-hmm. an idea, if I imagine a chair, mm. that's something that can't be analysed or can't be broken down but, but because it's an image in my mind. And there's so much stuff, even if you go into the soul or some kind of being thing, that can't be studied by science. So we need people who are thinking outside of the box. Maybe not people who call themselves, who give themselves the surname Eagle Woman, but we do need some people to be, mm. yeah, to be you, pushing those born, boundaries. Was she born into the Eagle Woman family, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, um, like Einstein got his ideas through channeling, he said. There's loads yeah. of people that, like, get their ideas null from uh, Oasis, for example. Right. Loads of, <laughs> from Einstein to null. Yeah, all the great thinkers. <laughs> But loads of people say they get their best ideas in uh, science and stuff through, like, the ether. And then they, didn't the Greeks, like, the Greeks had a thing where they didn't, like, any good piece of work they did in art or, lit- like, science or art or literature, whatever, they said that they weren't responsible for it. It was, like, either the little monster was on their shoulder, gremlin or whatever it's called, or either yeah. they'd turn up that day or they wouldn't. So you take the ego out of it because it's from something greater than you. Yeah. So it's channeled. But there's so many stories about, like... There's so many stories about people dying and seeing the light. Like, they they literally die and they see a light and then someone says it's not your time or whatever. And there's so many stories that all back each other up in that. And there's so many stories of reincarnation that back each other up, but I think it's too big for us. So we don't want to believe it because it's too much to take on almost. And we'd have to change our way of being. Did I tell you that story? My favorite story of, so my friend has got a toddler and a baby 
This is my favourite story. And the toddler went in to see the baby every morning and they listened in the intercom. The mum and dad listened in the intercom because he would like be babbling away to the baby and it was really cute. And then one day they heard the toddler say to the baby, you've got to tell us where we've come from because I'm starting to forget. Wow. I mean, that's so cute, right? Yeah, that's amazing. Mm. And there's loads of like, my friend had a kid who like would know they were like oh there's a river over there and then mum and dad didn't know there's not and he's like yeah yeah there's a river over there and they'd, he'd never been there before and so they went to go and see and there was a river and there's loads of things like that and I just think like it's arrogant to think we know everything and it's arrogant to think there is just what we can see on this one dimension you know like I'm pretty sure that loads of people think there's other life forms on other planets but then if you think of that as a concept of aliens, it's like, it seems mad that there's aliens. But in yeah. another world, it's like, well, of course, like it's arrogant to think we're the only people. Like, of course, there's other life forms on other planets. But because we can't comprehend that in a, it's, you know, because yeah. we don't see it every day. We're like, nah, we won't think about that. Probably not. I think oh. you're completely right. I think there is a fear of what we can't explain and mm. or what we can't prove with science yet there is stuff that's undeniably outside of that and that we Mm. that we can't explain and yeah how do we know like like if we you know how you sometimes you meet a person and you just know you're either going to get with them or be friends or do you know what i mean there's like a sometimes like something so like powerfully there yeah and it's just a feeling so so i mean this is a weird I mean, it's it's a weird link and an incredibly pr- a professional link, but how's how's that felt and affected y- you doing your Cuddle Club podcast over Zoom? Because it is a podcast that's about intimacy. I guess c- c- cuddles are an intimate thing. Or, 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 or before we get to that, even let's talk about how it started because it was wonderful to kind of watch the evolution of it of you cr- crashing. Brett's films to be buried with yeah. repeatedly d- during the fringe. In fact, Brett won't let me on his podcast, right? And I have what? Hang on, do you like my new curtains? I got them. Um, I do they're lovely? I got them yesterday, um, but they're not quite the right length. It's very hard to measure curtains, and I would say they've got they're an inch too short. Never mind. Um, yeah, Brett won't let me on his film podcast because. I have actually watched a lot of films, but I can't remember any of them. So then he asked me <laughs> to analyse them. And then you had to, like, talk about them. It's like, yeah, it was good. What What else is there? <laughs> so he it's going to be let- a short episode. <laughs> yeah. He, I, he, you know, he does that thing where he's like, can you say your favourite film and why? And uh, he asked me for mine. And I was like, oh, Hunt for the Wilder People. And he asked me why. And I was like, yeah, it's a really good film. So he just put that out. And usually he does loads of pomp about, like, you know, what it means to people and stuff. But he also <laughs> yeah. asked, I think he'd asked Maisie Adams as well, like her favourite film, to put it out after. And she wrote a massive long episode, Hunt for the Wilder People. And she wrote this massive, really well-considered, beautiful uh, sort of, you know, few paragraphs on one she really loved Hunt for the Wilder People. And he's like, ah, Sorry, I've just put that out for Lou and she wrote one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> You've so. got to choose something else. <laughs> so annoying. She'd put the work in. It'd be better if I'd chosen somewhere, something else, but it's too late. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I kept crashing his podcast uh, because I wanted attention and we were living together in Edinburgh. And I was like, why are you with your, all your friends and I'm not here? Uh, and then he kept that in. Oh, and I did a live show. He did like um, a live show at, uh, somewhere. 
was it? Is it the BFI, right? BFI, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the sort of thing that old people do, isn't it? Like, they're trying to remember the day on your watch. They're like, it was Monday. Was it Monday or Tuesday? No, Tuesday I went to the co-op, so it must have been... (laughs) No, I think it's Wednesday. (laughs) I've entered that paradigm. A lot of times I have to stop my mum or dad and say, it's not important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on with the story. It doesn't matter which day it was. Flipping how I need to really watch that. Anyway, so at the BFI... Uh, so he, so I was doing, he said, oh, go on, ask a question. And then this nutter, me, puts up her hands and says, like, um, how would one go about getting on your podcast um, <laughs> if they wanted to? And then I was like, uh, I, uh, how would one go about starting their own podcast um, about cuddles? And Because we'd mentioned like Cuddle Club on his podcast. And then my producer used to be a magician, lovely chap. I did anyway, not know he used to be a magician. That's fantastic. Called, uh, they talk about it a lot on, off menu, I think. He used to be a magician called The Great Benito. It breaks your heart, doesn't it? The, the, I've heard them refer to him as the great Benito Lodes. I didn't know it was because of his his magic skills. I had um, Radio 1 DJ Hugh Stevens on, on my podcast and we talked about when he was a magician as a kid and he was known as the the great Houdini, mm, which is it. just wonderful that's for a young it. Welsh lad, Houdini. But yeah, you, you can't get better than that. Actually, it's amazing. But yeah, so then and then I started Cuddle Club, and my flatmate Luke McQueen, also a comic, is a very rude about Cuddle Club. Very really? rude. But the stats defy him. <laughs> it's because it's wonderful. Because when the time that it was, it was like the hundredth episode or some kind of anniversary for Brett, the year anniversary, and he had you on his podcast to ask him the film questions. Oh, and yeah, And you switched it to be the cuddle questions. <laughs> and I loved it because, number one, I knew people would be angry. But number two, <laughs> it started off seeming frivolous, but then, as you kind of j- joke about on the podcast, it's a construct, and you do get to these really beautiful, intimate stories, even though it yeah. seems like, I'm going to ask these questions about cuddles, you get and and that episode was amazing because it got these really nice stories out of Brett and these really yeah, yes some amazing people got moments. angry though I thought yeah. I was going to hear people get so into films I thought I was going to hear about your films and this is just wasting my time but <laughs> I forgot we did that actually yeah I love that because I love because that's always the thing if you do any podcast that's got a theme like that like the off menu guys mm. that no matter what guests they get now. The biggest episode is going to be when they give their menu and they oh, answer yeah, the questions. Yeah, yeah, and same yeah. with Brett. Everyone yeah. would have been so excited about him answering the questions. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then they tune in for it. <laughs> and you just switch it all to be big cuddles. But you'll it have works to do great. an episode. You'll have to do an episode where you ask him about his film and he ask him about seriously. his actual films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. get all serious about it. Um, so, how was it initially starting Cuddle Club? Because as you say, from the outside, it can seem like it's a silly idea or a frivolous idea, but it, you do get to some really good places with it. How were you approaching people to say, do you want to come on my cuddle podcast? Uh, yeah, I I have got deep shame about a loss. Like, I, I sort of feel so embarrassed about life. Life is so embarrassing. And I've done so much to try and get rid of my shame because I used to drink a lot and that comes with a lot of shame. And then, you know, you think you've like got rid of the shame in your life and then but I get really embarrassed like asking people do you get embarrassed asking people to do your podcast I, you yeah don't, a bit a bit it's 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 weird because my podcast is going to g- g- generally be 
about the guest and I only ask people I, I, I really like and I'm really a fan of. So it, I know it's it's note always going to be a nice moment. Nice for the, Note for the listeners, I asked Pip to do his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want, I'd had... It's, I'd, no, I think I, I've had you on my list, a list for ages. And as you know, I, I ended up on your podcast through constantly tweeting about w- w- what a fan I was of it. I loved um, it. I, loved I mean, that. now's the perfect time to bring it up. Throughout the whole podcast, you know, we talked about how I, I listen a lot, I'm a big fan, and then it only occurred to me afterwards, uh, we got to t- the end, and I think I'm the first guest ever that you didn't end b- by saying you're now part of the Cuddle Club. Um <laughs> You're going to get a badge that then became a condom. So literally the first person who's been on, who's listened to all the episodes, and I wasn't invited. I've, I've been excluded from the cuddle club. Pip, wait there. I've got a present for you. Wait there. Go ahead. The first person to come on and not be made part of the cuddle club. Okay. Heartbreaking. Oh, look at this. It's a lucky dong bag. You've 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 had the cuddle club condoms made. That is amazing. I'm sending it. I'm sending it to your address. Uh, I'll send you a few. Uh, I can't believe I'm. I'm not very good with continuity. Let me. T- but I will take your address after. Um, uh, I'm not very good with continuity, so I often miss stuff out. And usually they do tell me. But um, you are. You're. Uh, you're, the, you're the chief executive. It only What's occurred a... to me afterwards, and it made me laugh that I was that we kept talking about the fact. I was like, "Well, I haven't got an answer for that, but I have for the next question, so we can tie that in." So I basically came in and, took, and hosted your podcast because I'm such a fan. Ch- you're the COO, Chief Operating <laughs> yeah, Officer of the perfect. Club, and that's a chief. Perfect. So yeah, so it was embarrassing and awkward to first start asking people. Yeah, right, I think, and, and it was embarrassing asking them the questions. And yeah. it was embarrassing. Just life is embarrassing. Like, I went Because you end with a cuddle. So, again, yeah. that's... If you that's were brave. embarrassed inv- inviting them, man, you've got a lot of journey left on your embarrassment in that... Yeah, in, you in know. In that particular trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did... Uh, it, it is all people I know, at least. So there is that. And then... But I got, I had Drunk Women Solving Crime, that podcast, I had them on. And yeah. then some of the questions, they're quite woke and they're great. I love them. I've known them for a long time. But I got really embarrassed asking them questions because it was stuff like, I, I changed the questions. And one, so in this particular incarnation, there was one question like, um, what's sex like with you, with your partner? <laughs> I don't know if that's doing there. And they, they sort of were like, oh, um, right. So, okay. So why are you, why are you asking us this? <laughs> Such deep shame. Then I was like, no, 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 come to think of it. Yeah. And also with Pappy, some of the questions I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know who's written that. It was me. I don't know. I don't know why that's in there. And then the producer was like, you have to sort of back yourself and stick by your questions because it does lead to interesting stuff. And, yeah. then, um, and then when you stick by yourself and don't act embarrassed, it is better for the podcast. Yeah. I love that. So, so how was it then making the choice of what to do when the pandemic hit? Because it is one that if, if, if the end of every episode is you have a cuddle and you score each other. Mm. So you must have had to think, well, do we just pause or do we go to over Zoom? What well, was the? I took my lead from Jill in the Pyrenees. If she's zooming, I'm zooming, baby. <laughs> of course. But has that made you feel more awkward asking? 
the cuddle question because of the the you you have to ask if they believe in energy first and it has to be a yeah i guess that's like but a lot of people are open to it and that makes me feel quite happy but it's let it's mixed it's a mixed blessing really because the actual hug like so when i hug people in 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 the wild as it were like when i was able to hug them in real life i i thought they would think that i was doing it because i was a pervert because my my sort of persona and my personality is one of a <laughs> no my persona is one of a per- here's my theory the people that are on the stage like the comedians on stage talking about effing and being like that they're yeah. the ones that aren't actually getting it and the ones that are talking about romance in like a brown cardigan yeah they're, get- they're the sluts yeah yeah so definitely it's reverses but um but I talk about that stuff a lot on stage and then so when I hugged Ed Gamble he was like I was in my head I was hugging him he's one of the first ones I did so I was hugging him and I thought oh god he's gonna think that I've done this podcast because I'm sleazy in my head I just got paranoid and then so I hugged him but I kept my lower part of my body back yeah do you ever do that so you hug but you're like yeah he and he was like what are you doing your vagina's out the door <laughs> so it was so funny <laughs> I was like oh yeah I didn't realize I was doing it. he's like yeah your vagina's like out the front door like trying to get away like yeah so that I thought oh I've gone too far the other way yeah so so how have you had any that are completely non-receptive to the over zoom cuddles and mm. the energy you can't sometimes you can't if they don't believe it sometimes you can't and there is an element that you think god I'm really projecting here it's just visualization really yeah but um yeah I mean it's yeah it's not ideal I suppose but it's something if, because you if, can, like, if you're thinking warmly about someone, apparently they can pick up on their energy. So it's just like a s- version of that. Like if you send someone good thought, well, you know, you you can tell if someone likes you or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can tell if someone hates you or someone likes you. So there must be an element of it transmitting. Yeah. But it, you can't feel it massively. You can't feel it as much as, obviously you can't. <laughs> hey, guess what? You can't feel it as much as in real life. <laughs> <laughs> would, would, but, because you score the the cuddles, realistically, what do you think the lowest score you would actually give is? Because it's, I've, you know, it's within reason. You couldn't actually give a one, right? That'd be... I think I have given one two. Really? When they didn't put their back into it and it was funny to just give them two. Or six, six or two, one of the even numbers. What did yeah, you get? I think I got a seven or maybe a six or seven, but but we I was pleased because there was room to improve and I felt... That's the real life cuddle uh, would be pick, That is low. I'll be honest with yeah. you. That's it might have been low. an eight. You know, I'm, I'm, this is how casual I am about it. It might have been well, an yeah. eight. It's six, seven yeah. or eight. Yeah, it's logged in there. You know. Come on, you know. What you, <laughs> <laughs> come on, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, is, it is weird. You've, you've made your podcast incredibly awkward by, number one, cuddling at the end, but going even further mm. again. And now we're going to... Yeah. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And sometimes cuddles. I've scored people highly because I think they won't take it very well. Like I scored Sophie Hagen higher than mm-hmm. she deserved, really. And then she scored me quite low. And I thought, yeah, I should have been honest because we both know that cuddle wasn't there. Yeah. She, she's the sort of person that takes time to get to know. And that's fair enough. That's his own reward. Yeah. But I went in too nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember hearing that episode and being a bit after she scored you because you scored yeah. first and then she was I, and then she, again she, she didn't say it in a 
ah, no. that was a rubbish. But she gave it a six or seven or something like that, wasn't it? And I thought, I should have been honest there. That's a lesson to me, to be honest. But I'm slightly, I don't know why, I'm slightly, I'm not scared of her, but I thought, no, you should have been honest because that wasn't what you gave it. And that's a lesson, we're learning all the time. Is this the sort of content you want? This is it. This is the gold. (laughs) We're spilling the tea. Um, I want to kind of talk about finding your your voice in comedy because it is something that evolves and changes right and I've, got, you, I've got so many naff instincts when you said uh finding your voice in comedy i was gonna go here it is <laughs> so dumb no, i no. can't stop making your dad jokes <laughs> because you talked about um your persona on stage is sometimes quite crude and sexual but i also know mm. that you've consciously kind of changed your t- twitter yeah tone and because it was again i was a big fan of the your dad joke era on Mm. on twitter i was you were literally all of them made me laugh it was consistent i was finding it was my instinct as a response to anything and i felt i couldn't because that's that's lou's voice not mine um and i'd worry that people would feel i'm i'm saying it with some kind of making a joke at homosexuality which i'm not so i I had to step away from that but yeah how's that been and why why have you evolved are you evolving away from that on stage or just on social media like what's the the thought process there i did qi and i made jokes about everything like i had a shakespeare joke in there and then i had a joke about um i can't remember but i think my vagina one joke right at the end you slip one in you know and um then i got like quite a few people were like oh you're representing women and you're being crude and you you know and I thought god people don't see all the other jokes you've made when you've just made one rude one yeah. they did they think your whole comedy is base whatever but I don't think it's true I think it's puerile and the reason I used to be talk a lot about sex and stuff is because women weren't seeing seen as people that enjoy sex we were seen as I'm going back when I started yeah. people still didn't think women watch porn or I mean I don't watch porn because I think it's there's a sadness behind the eyes, but like women weren't seen as people that fuck for the sake of fucking and and get off on that and have their own pleasure. And so I felt like I needed to talk about that and address that. But now that has changed massively. And so I don't, one, I don't feel like I need to, you know, talk about that so much anymore. And two, I don't want to see it be seen as one thing like, Oh, she's the one that does your dad jokes or, you know, I know. So I want to have a bit of depth to it. So I, I do do still do do like Purell jokes, but hopefully not as my only thing kind of thing. Yeah. So how do you find the reaction t- to doing TV stuff like you are? You did Taskmaster. Again, it's well, I bang on about it all the time, but I think Taskmaster is, is the best the best that just got pulled. show on TV. That just got pulled from America. So they started with the episode that I was in, the series that I was in. It got sold to CBS or something in America, yeah. like a, a, I don't know, like a network channel there. Not network. What's the opposite? I don't know. Like one that's on all the stations. Anyway, yeah. they pulled it after one episode because the viewings weren't high enough. You sort of think, really? Well, well, like, yeah, but give people a chance to... That's one episode. Like, they didn't come. They didn't all come for the first episode. Yeah. They didn't know what it was. And like, it's a series people... that isn't single episode based. It's based... Yeah, yeah, across, yeah, it's a competition yeah. across a whole series. There isn't a let, winner as such. And... Let it build. They're so dumb. So they and, and, that. And, and your series had my favourite task ever, which was the one where... Um, Alex is on a bridge 
and you have to mm. he's hiding and you hid in a bin i believe and yeah it was, it's it's wonderful it's a it's a, it's a few, great show like it won a like that that show is so great like every series is great it's so generous everyone gets to be themselves it's amazing and it won like a rose de all like a bafta like yeah. loads of stuff and they pull it after one it's so limited that thing of that thinking is so limited not to allow anything to build or you know anyway but whatever was there was a, a one thing on that series that me and my brother noticed early on and we thought was going to be a big reveal down the line and it wasn't because you did win mm-hmm. and on the back of your tracksuit or jumpsuit it says yeah. task winner of taskmaster series yeah. you had that on the back and that n- n- never seemed to get referenced but was was that some projection was that your belief of that was just me being cheeky and fun <laughs> <laughs> but also the other things i wanted to put on i had loads of stuff that i wanted to put on the uh, jumpsuit like i had a thing like vote labia in the vote labor thing yeah uh fun and then i had like annika rice uh, like a picture of her, like a picture of someone else. And they said, no, we can't really, you can't really put all that on there, which is fair <laughs> enough because it's a family show. And yeah, cause you know, yeah. so what they let me do is I had a little pocket and each like day I'd wear different things in the pocket. So I had, I had Brett's film podcast thing in the pocket one day. Amazing. And I had like, so each time I'd have different things, but there's no time to reference it. So they did in the studio show, they said, what did you have in your pocket today? Right. I, should, I would have had my condoms if it would, you know, if it would been today. And they they did ask, but like, there's so much that gets cut that you know. I love it though. So I mean, but the 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 problem with these things, as you say, is so much gets cut and so much is taken out of context, and that's what social media lives for these days. You spoke about it on QI that one joke gets focused on. Yeah. Similarly. The uproar that the Ian Sterling was was derogatory oh, to you and I all this. Know. And again, he's you, you talked about it on Cuddle Club and it was lovely because he said it, it did affect him. It, he felt bad. He didn't yeah. think anything had happened at the time. But even watching it back, he felt it looked like he was. Well, yeah, but it's like if we all had like hundreds of hours of footage of our, our yeah. I don't know, it's hundreds, but if the, there's going to be bit, there's definitely bits of me that I didn't like that I'm, work, you know, that I'm working on, but no one is, it's like this thing to sort of make someone an angel over a devil. It's like, it's not like, it's just not realistic. Okay. Like how they're dragging up the stuff from the past of like, even consent. Like when I was younger, if I would sleep with uh, men, which I did, uh, there was, like a degree of coercion was the language of the day because women were slut shamed. And so you didn't think you should sleep with men because you get a reputation. And that was just a real thing that happened. It was like, you were tarnished if you'd slept with too many men. So if you were in bed with a man and you were like, I'm not going to sleep with you, there was, they had to sort of say like, Oh, go on, go on. And you had to say no, no. And it was a little game that you played that wasn't even conscious, but like, a, and that has changed. Like so much has changed. There is still such a mean, but it's a lot less and women can be a bit freer. And so the coercion now takes on a different sort of tone. But we're not allowing for any nuance or any change or any... It's like we want to villainise people. Ian Sterling, great guy, friend of mine. It was funny. He was playing it for the laughs, you know. Yeah. And I'm not a vulnerable woman that he's like beating down. We don't have to like project that narrative onto anything that it's men against women. And there's so much division and it just doesn't need to be there. Like Ian and I are equals and we're friends. I'm not yeah. lower because I'm a woman. I'm not more vulnerable because I'm a woman in that context. You know, it's like, 
I don't know. It's unfair. What, uh, what you were saying there was perfectly illustrated recently when there was the, the, the uproar over the lyrics of the Christmas song Baby It's Cold Outside. Because oh, it is fuck. it is a guy constantly, a, a girl trying to leave and a guy constantly giving reasons mm. for her not to leave. But then someone, a historian, broke it down and said exactly as you said, in that era it was seen as hugely shameful for a, a woman to stay at a man's house if they're not married. Mm, mm, so mm. there was this kind of, look, here's your reasons, here's your excuses. Mm. And when you have seen it explained like that, like again, I completely jumped on board on the initial one of going, yeah, this isn't good for this day and age. Again, I completely think of its time, but then when it's explained, and I, I think it's why there's a lot of people say... um with the Me Too movement, which is one of the most important movements in recent times, mm. regardless of b- bloke saying, "Oh, I can't, I can't, b- b- you can't hug a girl anymore." It's like you can if you're not a creep. Mm, it's mm, fine. Mm, Don't mm. panic too much. But I think a lot of people who, particularly men, a lot of men who rally against it, it's because of that panic of their youth, where they've not raped anyone, they've not done anything that they think is necessarily wrong but there will be things like as you said where it is a bit of a i, I remember all, all, when we were on nights it. out it'd be oh there's going to be girls there and everyone's going to be drinking yeah, so we so might be able on. to get laid yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, not yeah. a we're looking to exploit them i need to drink as well to have the the, yeah, yeah, the courage yeah, yeah, yeah. to approach a girl yeah but it i i think of that and think right that in reality out of context that is shady as fuck that you're going there's going to but be drunk was, girls there to prey upon. It's like, but oh, we, like, fuck, have you to have, like, But everything is in its time. Like, baby, yeah. it's cold outside. It's ridiculous to criticise that, like, 20, however many yeah. years on. Like, of course we all got drunk and had sex. And, like, that, that was universal. Like, it's very different to a man nowadays. And there is so much about consent and so much awareness now. If he doesn't drink and he's consistently preying on drunk girls... And, you know, that's very different. But we can't have shame over our past, which was a different time where we all got drunk. And, you know, it's ridiculous. And that judgment, like, has to stop that that finger-wagging judgment of people trying to call other people out. Obama did a really good... Um, there was a clip going around of a thing that he was at, like, sort of saying that there's a culture among, like, especially among, like, younger people to sort of call out everyone and cancel everyone. And it's really... It's so that they, he put it a lot better than this, I'm going to butcher it, but it's so that they think they're doing something and they think they're proactive, but laying the blame at someone else's door isn't proactive. Like they're saying, you, you're, you're bad and calling them out isn't doing anything to further us or bring us on, but they think yeah. that's enough kind of thing. It's much better than that, but anyway. No, completely. Um, you, you mentioned when we were talking about Ian and the hours of, of footage of Taskmaster, you said there's things that you saw on there that that you're still working on. Um, is self-reflection and self-analysis an ongoing and key thing for you? Because you wrote a great article in The Guardian about your relationship with alcohol and your decision to stop drinking. You've spoken about changing your relationship with sex and having mm. periods of, of celibacy or periods of just changing your cho- cho- choices in that area. How important is all that kind of thing? Because I think it's something that's overlooked a lot. I think a lot of people, it's said that we get to kind of 25 and then go, right, I'm done learning. That's me. That's me now. That's me. You can't change me. I am who I am. You've got to respect it. I am who I am. And I think it's great to have reflection and go, right, actually, I want to change that about me. And it's not that I'm being self-deprecating or self-hating. It's that I'm going, all right, I don't know if that's 
the, the, the final version of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said to one of my most dysfunctional friends, I, he's a nightmare. And I said to him, like, I said, look, you've got to do some work on yourself. And he went, but then I wouldn't be me anymore. And I was like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> like, you're not happy with you. Yeah. Uh, but... I do, I'm, I'm writing stand-up about this actually because I find, like, I love doing work on myself but I do think that's what we're here for, like, to evolve. Like, yeah. surely that's the game to, and I do believe in reincarnation so I think if you don't do the work in this lifetime you have to come back and do it again anyway so you might as well do it now. Yeah, right. um, and people say, like, oh, why do you spend so much on, like, you know, what, you know, gurus and stuff and it's like, well, you know, it's for all the lifetimes so it's actually a bargain but... <laughs> There are people who don't do any work on themselves at all are exactly the ones who need to do... Do you know what I mean? Like, who's looking at themselves thinking, yep, done, this is done. Yeah. Like, it's exactly the people that really aren't happy. And And again, it's it's not easy. Like, it's it's not that we're saying it's easy to do that because it can be tough to go, oh, actually, that is a bad thing about me. And we see it constantly as we're being challenged with race gender sexuality mm, at the moment mm. there's there's a lot of things that we have to have some some stark realizations and go all oh, right actually my knee-jerk reaction to that is because of the life i've had yeah and maybe yeah, i yeah, need yeah, to open yeah. up a bit and uh but what else is there like yes there's escape rooms and ways to distract yourself i yeah. hate escape rooms actually but what else is like i love it and i don't even think it's that hard work because the benefits outweigh the work that you do and there's there's ways to do it like I don't like counselling no offence if anyone goes but because that is hard work because you're like pulling out these worms and you're sort of like and then if you stop after six months you're sort of in a worse position than when you but the stuff I do like so apparently you carry trauma in the cells of your body yeah and so like craniosacral and stuff and healing and stuff like that and meditation gets into the cells without you having to sort of talk and label it and then you uh, amplify the label so if you go to counseling this is my theory on it and i I know that counseling's helped lots of people lots of my friends and cbt is proven to be really really good so and actually a lot of counselors are into like the woo-woo stuff that i'm into so i'm not saying it's black and white but sometimes with counseling i should say rather sometimes you talk about something you label yourself as like I'm like this because of this or you know like I'm you know this happened to me so and you, you carry around that light label and it gets bigger and you identify with that thing rather than seeing yourself as sort of like a higher thing that can evolve through things and you're not your past you're not your mistakes that's more like the healing side of it so yeah but that is easy I think it's easy work yeah. Especially like cranial, they do all the like heavy lifting for you and yeah. they sort of like remove, they help like change your cells. So you just lay there and have a nice time. That's what I think. Sometimes I you it. cry and stuff. And I think you're completely right on the, we're obsessed with labelling at the moment and telling people how they have to react to things, to their mm. traumas. Here's the set way you have to react. And it's really worrying and it it's, comes more and more with social media. And to give a personal example, like... Um, and my parents are divorced and that's it didn't affect me negatively in any way shape or form now a lot of people will say well you're you're holding this back or you're doing that and you're meant there's meant to be some kind of trauma there but it's okay to, to react differently and that's across every kind of every kind of, of of trauma i think we get obsessed now with again i don't want to give any specific examples because if they're not lived personally i don't want to start preaching on them but 
we kind of say, here's how you need to have reacted if someone has mm. done this or done yeah. that or done this. And people react differently. Some people um, will be hugely scarred by a certain thing and some will be not hugely scarred by a certain thing. And to force the person who's not to become yeah, yeah, the yeah. person who is is really yeah. backwards and negative. To go, no, you should be, this should have, you should be t- terrified at the world now. And but, go, all right, uh, sorry. <laughs> and also there's a thing that people at the moment as well, I think there's a there's a sort of carrying around something as a victim badge. So yeah. like we've all had, if you, you can tell yourself your narrative in different ways. So I could tell you like 10 terrible things happened to me and you'd be like, whoa like she's lived like if that was my story and I was like oh this is this like you know you and you can put yourself forward and wear that a badge of like a victim like I'm a victim because this happened and this happened this happened right and people will be like oh and you get sympathy and that's one way of getting attention or I could tell you all the positive like I am so lucky like we all are you know Mm. I mean white privilege for one like you know it's just so many things healthy body like oh my god like like parents you know so many good stuff and that could be your story and it's your like lens that you look at your life through but if you're presenting yourself as a victim that becomes addictive and you can be like well and you can get addicted to your story like even the drinking thing so I don't drink and I like I had to say I was an alcoholic to stop drinking because I stopped drinking loads of times in life I never and I'd always gone back to it. Then when you say you're an alcoholic, it's like, oh yeah, just can't drink again. Line under that, goodbye. Mm. I don't identify as one. I don't ever, like, I'm only bringing it up to say that isn't my narrative in a way. Like, I, I just sort of be like, oh, I just have a lime and soda. Look, it's not for me. Drinking's just not for me. But yeah. some people pour so much into that identity. It's like, well, I cannot drink. You know, like, you know, do you know what I mean? And it's like, no, it's just yeah. not for you. Lots of things aren't for me. I can't smoke gear and I don't go around to someone that's like I am you know what I mean like it just makes me woozy and stuff and it's like I don't know like you have to see yourself as whole and work from there but there's a there's a fashion to see yourself as a victim at the moment completely and again I think it's 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 worth highlighting as you said everyone has their own different experiences yeah 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 yeah, for some people therapy will work for some people other things will work oh and some people need to keep telling themselves they're this so they don't pick up or whatever you know and i understand that and that's like but but i think more so in the social media era there's it's addictive um i've known people who have had mental health issues and have been open about it and it's been so powerful and so brave but then they've become kind of addicted to that and it feels as if they can't ever get better now because they have, because yes. that's what they're known for. They're known yes. as this person who's struggling, so they yeah. have to constantly be struggling, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, and this, that's, that's that's damaging. The thing. I I feel sick now that I mentioned like the not drinking thing because I don't want to identify as that. Like, and when in interviews and stuff, if they ask me about it, I'm like, "Fuck's sake, that was years ago." Mm. Like, I've moved on. Like, I don't think about it now. It's just like, do you know what I mean? And then I hated that I just brought that up because even that seems like. Uh, signaling like yeah I've had a life like I've had things like everyone mm. has got something everyone like most women have been raped like you know <laughs> that's just like a statistic it's and a it's horrible like statistic, yeah, yeah. yeah but you like then heal it and move on like men have got stuff that they like lots of men have been raped lots of you know but it's like that's one tiny part of your life I know if you can't get over it that's very sad and hard if it if it sort of like becomes this big thing in you because of the trauma but Every single person on this planet has trauma to get over. Do mm. not let it define you because it doesn't. It's like you've also had so many happy, nice times 
make that the thing that grows. I don't yeah. know. I love it. Um, I'll, I'll wrap things up on happy, nice times and kind yes. of ask how you're feeling about the re- returning to, to stand up. There's been some car park gigs that are probably very mm. different. Ben, who you mentioned, is, is putting on some rooftop yeah. uh, comedy shows and stuff like that. And it's really exciting because everyone who seems to be doing them, unlike in, in America, in America, t- Texas and f- f- Florida and a few other places kept putting on comedy shows and stuff like that and just ignored the pandemic and mm. people got ill and it was dangerous. Oh, dear. <laughs> and the good thing that seems to be happening over here is the people who are trying to bring these back are trying to do it in the right way, as said. The mm. ones that, that Ben's putting on on the big place in Peckham, I can't think, with the rooftop, mm. is there's distance, all the tables are a suitable distance apart, it's table service. It's outside, no milling about, isn't it? And it's like, outside, yeah, it's yeah, on the roof. Safe. So You're quite safe outside, um, more or less, you know, like, apparently. Well, who knows, so, there'll be... Yeah. Some angry tweets into that. You're not so, safe outside. <laughs> so, so kind of two questions. What are you excited to get back to? And what has this period realised that made you realise you don't miss about comedy, about gigging, about that whole world? For all my, like, uh, I'm in touch kind of thing, I'm not in touch with... Sometimes I just don't know my... I just take what's in front of me and don't really think about it. So, like, when I wasn't gigging, I was like, oh, it's nice to have time off. Nice to not be nervous all the time. (laughs) Now I'm gigging, I'm like, oh, it's nice to be back at work. I don't really know. Like, I just take what's there. (laughs) But it is like, last night I did a gig in a courtyard and everyone was wearing masks. But you can still sort of see... You can hear them laugh, so that's okay. And then you can see when you're talking like in the eyes you can connect with them with the eyes with the cars it's harder to connect yeah so I did find that but I was happy to do them and it was like fun people and stuff so it's nice to to gig but yeah like it's much harder to connect and I really feel like I need to like vibe off the people do do people react in any way at the driving ones do they like flashlights or beep horns or is there any kind of they all get their dicks out. And oh, that's, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's I like, need to check this out. I wasn't, that, I wasn't that on board, but it sounds wonderful. Show me your dicks if you're having a good time. <laughs> uh, no, they do. They couldn't beat their horns, so they gave them clappers, you know, with the little oh, hands. right. Okay. And they go yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, yeah. How like, alien did that feel? <laughs> yeah, and if they, if they do flash their lights and stuff, and I, I don't know, that was... Uh, it was fun to do, but it was... You it's were sort of thinking... Yeah, it's not ideal, but it's something, isn't it? Yeah. And they're well paid, those ones, so... Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'll do but, more. <laughs> but again, it is there. it does look as if there's courtyards and rooftop bars and things like that. So what's your plan going forward, I guess? Is it... Because, again, it's it's a weird thing. Edinburgh I... can can be the thing that comedians... It, it's, the, it's the anchor of their year. They're working towards a new show and then they're touring mm. their fringe show. Now, you weren't doing the fringe anyway, so does that that put you in a good position now? My you... plan is just movies. Yeah. <laughs> straight to the movies for me. No, I, like I just it. do No, I just do any work that comes in, really. I don't really plan. I'm like, just... Because you can't plan if you're freelance, really. Like, you can create stuff and that's good. Yeah. Just keep creating and writing and hoping you can just display it at some point but uh yeah just do what's handed to me really. oh, how do you f- feel about acting because you you've been in a few of my f- favorite shows in this way out and s- sick of it both i think yeah. are just fantastic and deserve the awards oh, and plaudits that they get so yeah. is that a Carl focus Pil- or is it a side hustle like what's kind of your 
I love drive there. I tend not to focus because of my like woo-woo beliefs. I tend to just let the guides deal with that. Because you can't, like, you know, I love acting, but you can't determine like when you get stuff. Or of all the stuff. industries as well. It's the one that's yeah. least in your control, at least with stand up yeah. and things like that. You can book gigs, you can do this, you can do that. But yeah, acting does feel like it's so out of I had a self-tape the other day for this like big Christmas movie, which would have been great. I mean, I, I didn't get it because I haven't, I just remembered that actually. So I definitely, I forgot that I didn't get that. Um, <laughs> then I was like, oh, I haven't heard. Yeah, yeah, you didn't get it. But I bought this like, she was a character very opposite me, so fair enough. Um, uh, she was uncharismatic, <laughs> but <laughs> she had like a like a sh- short brown like beetles hair and glasses, and she wore black. All of the things which do not suit me. But I got a wig from uh, the internet and glasses and everything, and I sent the t- self tape off to my agent, and they were like. what what are you doing you don't need to do all that (laughs) just do it as you they can imagine the hair because i think they just thought you look fucking mad (laughs) it was a really cheap wig (laughs) it's such a weird one i have that with self-tapes on the kind of if i'm excited i want to proper go all out and and mess about with stuff but then there is that element of they say blank room nondescript clothes all that kind of thing but then like stephen graham's a a mate of mine and when he got his role in um in boardwalk empire he was using his kids his his toddler's golf club as a as a gun yeah and, and that caught their attention everyone mentioned it like the people in power who like when he got cast all mentioned it when he was on set they were like have you bought the really? golf club and things like that so it makes you go well there's not a set rule uh, mm. in general i guess it would get tiresome more for your agent if every mm. self-tape, you've got a new wig and new glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. And new- <laughs> also, it just didn't suit me and I looked absolutely bonko, but, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Do you like it? I don't like it if they put... Like, I love acting, and I, but I don't like it if they put you in something that really doesn't suit you. you like... I really don't see blue or dark colours. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a summer, I'm a summer, uh, wheel. I love it. But say so the, but you think, oh, that is acting. Like yeah. they tell you not to wear your eyeliner and, uh, you know, put you in a blue pony. That's acting. You can't be like, oh, that's not for me. It's tough <laughs> so though, I'm- isn't it? Cause there's, there's different schools of thought. Like a, a Vicky McClure and a lot of that kind of Nottingham scene are all big, big b- believers in wherever possible you should be doing your own accent Mm. you should cast the character in their accent because they should be focusing on their performance rather than doing an impression so similarly but also there's then all your your transformative actors with your your christian Mm. bale or whoever else who completely change their appearance and everything so i guess it depends i don't think i'll ever be that school i don't think i'll ever be that school i like playing myself i mean old version of myself i'll hold my judgment until i see the self-tape in the wig and the glasses and then we'll decide if you're transformative you're you're in quite a lot of stuff acting wise aren't you i'm in a few bits and it's yeah i've become obsessed with it i was always a big film and tv nerd and then Mm. i held off attempting to go into acting for years just because of lack of confidence, nerves, mm. having a stutter, all, all sorts of things like that, having a big beard, all mm. these things that I thought would work against me. And then as soon as I, I I did and got my first acting gig, I was like, that's all I want to do. And for yeah. a similar reason of what you were saying is it's the first thing I've had that I can see the excitement of continual self-improvement, of, yes. of I, I, the idea of 
50-year-old me how much better I can be and how much I would have learned and done is ex- exciting. Whereas a lot of other work I've done, the thought is, I've only got a few g- good years of this this left, really, and then I yeah. and then I can't. I'm kind of at my peak or whatever else. Whereas acting, it is. It's that. It's the first thing I've had where I like thinking about the future, which sounds really yeah. bleak in my life. But I'm not a yeah. A, yeah I'm a living the now type person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do work on yourself then? Um, I do. It's it's only in recent years I've got into physical health. Like for for the first twenty. Probably the first th- 30 years of my life, I never exercised w- once, ate rubbish, and then got to 30-ish and started going, all oh, right, maybe I should look after myself. And I've realised that physical health is comes hand in hand with mental health. Mm. And again, just trying to... I love... I've, I've, I've trained myself to love l- learning I'm wrong. Mm. Which is a big problem, particularly for men at times. Yeah, is 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 the 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 discomfort of finding out that you were wrong about something. So now it's exciting when I read something online that, that challenges a belief, and I go, "Oh, actually, mm. maybe I was an idiot there, or maybe I was ignorant, or maybe m- maybe that outlook was sexist or racist or whatever else." I didn't think it was. It wasn't with mm. any malicious, but I can consciously do that. But yeah, I don't do any. I've not done therapy. I've not done any any healing type things. Oh, I'll give you the name. I'll give you the number during the Pyrenees. <laughs> well, I mean, we've done uh, over an hour now, so I don't want to take up yeah. any more of your time on the sunniest day of the year. Well, um, it's lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having me. And sorry, I was late. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as said, um, I've, 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 I have been wanting a, a, you on for a while, and I'm a big fan of of all of the different things. That you're doing, so keep up the the bloody good work. Thank you. So delighted to talk to you. Thank you for having me. It's and, been a um, pleasure. See you in the real world one day. Yes. You've been listening to Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces. There we go. That was Lou Sanders. Um, I realised that every time I say her name, I sound more cockney than I actually am because I always start saying it and then I get nervous on if it's Sanders or Saunders. So I say Lou Sanders and it sounds like I'm going, Lou Sanders. When I'm actually bottling in between Lou Sanders and Lou Saunders. Um, but it's Lou Sanders. So... <laughs> it still sounds the same anyway uh thank you for tuning in i'll be back next week as ever um with more distraction pieces see you in a bit ta-ta